Hello, everyone. Since this is either a highlight, a standalone book, or the first episode in a series, I'm jumping in to remind you what the rules are for this podcast. First rule is no real people stories. That means that any details from our own lives are merely anecdotal. We do not read books about real people, and we are not reading historical fiction. The second rule is that we are basing our analyses off of how the author treats characters and what they put them through. We are not judging the accuracy of the trauma, the accuracy of any actual conditions that may be portrayed, nor the authenticity of a character's reaction to that trauma or that particular condition. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come solely from personal experience. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. Robin. And today on Books That Burn, we are discussing The Forever War by Joe Haldeman. For our factions, we have William Mandela, Mary Gay Potter, Charlie Moore, the Tarans, and various other human soldiers. Our first topic is compulsory homosexuality. Uh, no, you didn't mishear it. This is not compet. This is the opposite. Um, chemically enforced. So, uh, this book, um, because of when it was written, uh, like, 1997 hadn't happened yet. Uh, and so part of the setting is that we're in space and at war with this alien civilization. And in the early 21st century, the, basically the world government made everyone homosexual, um, and it's, it, the book isn't trying to be a treatise on how exactly that would work. It's just like, eh, there's, there's chemicals involved. The government's doing a thing. Yeah. You just vaguely know that people have been quote unquote cured to be homosexual. That's what you know. Yeah. And, uh, partway, th- like, first of all, this book covers like a thousand years, um, because it goes from the early 2000s or sorry, the the late 1900s, um, all the way into like 3000 and something. So over this thousand plus year period, there is like a segment of at least a couple hundred years where people are persecuted for being heterosexual. And there are what sounds like, like, um, the, some kind of like, I hesitate to use the term conversion therapy because we don't get any details on that. Uh, and like in the real world, conversion I mean, therapy involves a lot of really specific, very bad stuff. I think we can but, call it fantasy conversion theory because we don't have any details. But the end result sounds like a a real life conversion therapist dream. Right. What they would want, not what like actually happens. Right. We right, don't have exactly. methods, but we do have... Uh, listed outcomes and like the goals outlined and we have at least one indication that like it doesn't it's work s- because it's also the same language being used mm-hmm. from the yes. little language we get is the exact same language used by conversion therapists yeah just like the direction is flipped yeah um and there's at least um one indication that it doesn't work like there there's someone um part way through where There's a woman who gets very drunk and then is interested in sleeping with the main character, who's a guy. Um, Nothing actually happens um, because she's extremely drunk and they don't actually end up doing anything. Um, And then uh, basically, like, it would have been, like, kind of bad for her if it had turned out that she wasn't just gay. Um, 
And like, e- even like, a, yeah, a lot of languages flipped. Like the main character is referred to at certain points as the old queer. Um, because like, he is the one who is different from everybody else. And the old part is because he was born in the 1900s and we're in like 2500 or whatever. So it, it left me overall with the impression of like, this is nonsense. Forcing this in either way is nonsensical and doesn't work and doesn't help anyone and is kind of bad in like both directions. But I also would completely understand and not argue with someone who was just like, I don't like this book because it made being surrounded by gay people be a bad thing for the main character. Um, so like it, I, I won't fight anyone who's reading is that just no, like, that's fine. I um, appreciated it as a way of making there be like a reason for his social and physical isolation that isn't just in his head, even though he is surrounded by people, um, a small group of people, but he is surrounded by people constantly. Yeah, I. OK, you have thoughts that are very different from mine. On this, I Maybe. Think. Possibly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I definitely have... So the, the thing with this that... Okay, first off, for context, I am aware of a lot of part of queer history. I'm sure that there's a lot of things that I'm missing. Um, categorically, I fit under the queer umbrella, but I don't really have like a, an emotional connection to any of that stuff. It doesn't really, this, this is kind of the same same way I talk about pretty much any orientational thing. <laughs> it just, I like kind of, I probably kind of have a label if people really need one, but like, that's not for me. And I don't really, it doesn't really affect me. It doesn't really emotionally impact me. It doesn't really bother me. It's kind of just a thing other people need to be comfortable because it's other people need that and I don't. So reading this, I don't have any of that connectivity. And I think that's important for my opinion on it. I was reading this and it felt it it felt uh it felt categorically flipped in a oh no the horror kind of fear-mongery way that we see certain demographics writing like like horror fiction like not even not even publisher just just fear-mongering it felt like oh no, people are going to be, we're not going to be allowed to be hetero. What is going to happen to us? It felt like that. And reading it, the the thing is, I don't have any context deliberately when we do our episodes. I don't look up author demographics. I don't, me personally, I don't, uh, I don't Google people's life stories. I don't figure out other details to bring into the reading. I read it as is and I look at it as is because First off, Robin is doing that, so we are getting somebody <laughs> on the show who has all of that context. But also, and to be like, clear, in this case, the only speaking, thing that I did was read the. Have, generally speaking, the only thing I did was read the introduction not, that's in the actual book. Generally speaking, generally speaking, people should not have to research who you are in order to experience your work. That's my that's my personal opinion. I think if you if your if reading your work requires homework. And it's a fictional mm-hmm. story. I think maybe you should do something different <laughs> in how you're presenting it. Now, maybe that's just an author forward with context. That's fair. I accept that. That's okay. And this book does have something similar. Um, they have an author forward. But reading it, you can't actually tell what the author's opinion on this is other than this is bad because this is how the bad things are happening. And that just felt very like, oh no, what if we can't be hetero anymore and all the bad things we did to those people get done to us and then we suffer. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's important because that's hard to read. And it's hard to read not because, not because you look at it and go, ah, hetero, good. <laughs> um, but because reading it, that's the same language similar language very referential language not not as explicit that's used in in our actual world in america and it it feels very fear-mongery it feels very like i'm gonna tap on this because i know that you have these opinions and have these thoughts and have these experiences 
So I know you're going to pick up on my wording and I'm going to flip the script so that like you're in charge almost, but it's not in a good way. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely uh, get that. Um, to me, the way it like echoed that language and flipped it, um, it, um, to me, it, it read more as like, an invitation to consider what that other perspective is like. Oh, sure. But that um, other perspective doesn't feel like a different perspective to me, is the thing. It doesn't feel different. It feels oh, exactly the same. Okay. It feels like we've just inserted words and switched it, but the same, but the perspective is the same. But the perspective is we have to, we quote unquote being whatever body is in place governing this, have to control people's sexuality and attraction because we have the right to. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel different. It doesn't feel flipped. It feels like we have traded out a couple of words and said close oh, enough. No, no, I, I, I understand. What I, what I mean is that, um, in terms of flipping it, they're like sometimes just like using different specific words in a recognizable framework can help with understanding a situation even when like the framework didn't fundamentally change. And I know that's not how your brain works. That is how my brain works in I some don't, cases. I honestly, I, didn't I don't need think it this is doing that. This, I, think, I think people who, I don't think this is doing that is the thing. Mm. I think okay. that people who have a more conservative mindset are going to read this and go, ah, my fears are justified because I know oh, I already no, I know think. how this works because I'm already helping to do it. And I think that in general, if you're on the other end if you're the one being harmed by it then it just looks like the same trigger words that are harmful anyway i don't i I don't think it crosses that line i think it just kind of says but what if gender bad (laughs) and gender still Uh bad and it doesn't do any other reflection on that now i do want to also note i did read because this is the only thing my library had as a physical copy i did read the graphic novel version i have not read the non-graphic novel version there might be things i'm missing but it felt very much like devoid of context and i think that's not helped by the framework of the book like the framework of a book is a like time jumping person who is just basically lagging their way through their life so everything is happening you know in in bursts to them so they are also devoid of context but that means that the reader is also devoid of context and we just kind of get hetero bad and then nothing. We have nothing else. We have no other framework. We have no other context other than language that is used in harmful ways anyway. That's it. That's all we're given. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying there won't be people like Robin who read it and go, ah, much better. But like, in general, I think if you're going to read this book, I think you have to walk into it knowing that like, this is not a nuanced conversation that's being held here. This is snippets and tiny little sound bites of hetero bad and aren't you glad that you didn't, you know, we're gonna, like, aren't you glad that you're space hopping through time and are not taking our whatever chemical or whatever therapy that we're going through? Okay, bye. <laughs> like, done. That's the whole thing. That's all we get for this topic. And then eventually we, uh, we get, like, a small island of hetero people who are all living on their own on a planet. And no, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> like, we don't actually get anything to make this a more nuanced conversation or topic or story. Yeah, and like one of the, one of the. Well, I, I, I will say that like some of the nuance is in like you know it showing that like the thing uh, didn't work. So like, because you spend yeah, like half the book not, with it being like, that's not. I, I don't think that counts as nuance. We have okay. one person who goes, when I'm drunk, I go after people like I'm hetero <laughs> or bi. And that 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 person is literally drunk on screen for 10 seconds. And that doesn't yeah. mean it. we don't they're not even giving like a consensual informed. I want this thing opinion. That's not even happening. We're not even getting that. That doesn't that's not a nuanced conversation. That's just a character who happened to be drunk and decide to do something. I don't think that counts. Okay. Uh. All right. Our next topic is suicidal thoughts. Um, the 
It's a minor moment in the book, but we're going to talk about some of like, the context around it, I think. Um, but if this topic is triggering for you, like, please, um, it's okay to skip this one. Like, it's okay to skip any of them, but it's like definitely specifically okay to skip this one. All right. So, uh, like, a third or halfway through the book? Um, no, halfway-ish. Uh, Mandela and Mary Gay have both, like, recovered from being injured and like they've gotten to spend like a bunch of time on the same missions and then they get different orders after coming out of the hospital um from being wounded and in this setting getting different orders means like there is set up to mean like they're they're never going to see each other again because with time dilation and their ships not trying to sync up like it they could be hundreds of years separated in time um whenever even if they end up at a similar location for some reason and they've no reason to expect that they'll ever end up at the same location again so like when her ship leaves to him like she's she may as well already be dead um and she's his like last connection to the 20th century um, so there's a, a, a small moment where he stands on the edge of the cliff and thinks twice about whether or not to jump off. And then he decides not to. And the rest of the book proceeds. But she's extremely important to him for just like a lot of reasons. Yeah. Okay. Do you have, do you have thoughts on the, the topic itself? Not as much on the thing itself. I have a lot more thoughts about like what led to this and led away from it. And so that will touch on more in our next section, I think. I actually think that this was handled probably the best possible way that it could, especially in the graphic novel format that I read it in. Uh, there are obviously graphics and images connected to the books in the format I read it in, but nothing that felt any different from the rest of the book. Um, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't like hyped up or dramatized or correct. It wasn't, a, correct. It wasn't stylistically a bunch different from the other stuff. Like, right. Exactly. And it was just kind of, so this character goes out to the edge of a cliffside, sits on the edge of the cliff and then almost decides to jump off twice overnight and then gets up and goes, ah, Dawn. Okay. Well, that's not going to happen, I guess, and leaves. Like, that's basically what happens. Um, he decides that killing himself would be essentially a way for the people controlling his life to win. Uh, and that he doesn't want to do that. So he just goes off to follow their orders instead. Um, but it's not like the details I just gave just now are basically the whole thing. Yeah. There isn't anything else. There's no prolonged should I, shouldn't I. There's no internal monologue. There's no anything like that. It's we see him be very sad about everything that's happening. We see him sit at the cliff. We see him go, I almost moved twice. Eh, I guess I won't. That's probably going to be a, a victory for people I don't want to have a victory for. And then he gets up and leaves. <laughs> like, that's it. And I think those handled really well. I think it's handled very cleanly and very just minimally so that if you know what's going on you know what's going on but if you're not really paying attention like you might miss it and that's okay yeah and um i'd say in terms of how like the non-graphic novel version uh handled it like it was pretty good though i i real quick i will say there have been a couple different editions of the book and this is where in, in both cases the version that we're reading is is like the the author's definitive edition with like this kind of bleaker middle section, which includes these scenes. Um, there are, my understanding is that there are iterations of the book that don't have this middle section. They have a different middle section because the original publisher was like, that's too dark. Um, but uh, we both read like the definitive edition that has that. Um 
So in case you're like, I read this a bunch of years ago and I totally don't remember that. Well, it is possible your version doesn't have it. Not having read the version that doesn't have whatever section is missing, I don't exactly know which bit's missing, but if I had to bet, I'd say it's this. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and I in in the 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 prose version, yeah, that's the extremely similar level of detail. Uh, you read me like the quote from it before we started recording, and it was the exact same text. Um, so yeah, it. Because the thing is, like, the context of everything else that has happened makes this moment understandable without requiring additional explanation at the time. Like, it it makes sense that it would cross his mind at this point, given everything. But also, it makes sense. Like, it would be a very different book if this is where the book ended, because he's gone. Um... So, doesn't do that. And also, like, we don't really ever see it mentioned again. <laughs> it just kind of happens and then done. Which, you know, like, the book is not exactly extremely long, so that makes sense. It makes There's not really, like, a lot of coming back to the same topics other than our our topic one and topic three, actually, are pretty much the only repeating, reoccurring things that we see. Um, we don't even get like combat scenes over and over and over. We don't even get like locations repeatedly. Like that just doesn't happen. Um, because they're going to different planets. Like they literally can't. But they're not going to different planets over and over and doing the same things. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like we don't get any repetition other than our other two topics, really. Um. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I I I actually think this one was just handled very well in general and i think it was just enough detail but not enough that it it was enough detail also that you could kind of see it coming when you start reading like the couple of paragraphs that it is you're like oh this is happening and then it's over and and i would say like given how much the other book the the rest of the book focus on this like increasing feel of like isolation and like loss of connection it would I don't know. It, it feels weird if this like never crossed his mind, if that makes sense. Uh, it just just tonally this fits very well. And like obviously I, like in our wrap up. I wouldn't we'll go as far as to say it would be weird without it, but I do think it fits. Yeah. No, no, I don't mean that, like you had to have this moment, but like having read the version of the book that has it, uh, it is much more difficult for me to imagine what the book would be like without it. Um On to our last topic, future shock. Now, that is a term that I don't know if it exists outside of this book. It is the specific term that was used for this trauma in the book. And so that's why we're using it here rather than having the topic title be a paragraph long explanation. Uh, Basically, because the main character is traveling at light speed or near light speed a lot to get to various places. The book takes place over it more than a thousand year period. And he was, he was like born in the 1900s. So every new work, like he is more and more displaced from his time. And there's even like comments about like, um, like English sounds differently. There's comments about Eng- about the English that the other troops are using, like sounding different to him. And then eventually, twentieth century English being taught as a foreign language that everyone has to learn so that all the troops can communicate with each other, and specifically with soldiers like him who are still alive, who are from the 1900s. Um, because of just, like, the language changing. Um, He's just more and more out of touch, and it just... He he literally can't relate on, like, a cultural touchstone basis 
because they're like, oh, you know, this thing that happened in whatever. And he's like, no, I, I don't. I literally only know military history for the last however many years. I'm trying to think of, like, if I have anything specifically to say on this topic. I don't really know that I do. I have a lot of thoughts. I also am not trying to monologue. So whatever you thoughts you have, please yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I always have a really a weirdly odd time with books that are about being separated from your community and lonely. Um, I, I either, they either make total sense to me or I just am like, ah, those are words. <laughs> and I think this one was like, oh, these are words kind of a read. So this one specifically like within the text is like part of the gap is that like, to me, it was like expressed through him, like not being able to relate as much to like new recruits, but new recruit recruits are the closest that he's going to get to trying to interact with the civilians he's supposedly protecting. And so like part of the disconnect is that like, he's just getting these orders and being sent out and fighting this enemy to protect people he like literally can't relate to anymore um which like it's a fictionalized version of a real phenomenon and we're going to stick to talking about the fictionalized version rather than the real phenomenon but like it's 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 emotionally trying to get at a very real experience um and so like in this version it's obviously like hyped up with making him like literally not able to be intimate with pretty much anybody um in in terms of the intimacy that he was expecting i would argue that he like does get some like pretty good like friends and like he forms new relationships and he's able to like connect on a lot of like really important levels but for for him he's he um he seems to be a person who like really really needs touch and after a certain plot point like just stops being able to have that because he would only want that with women and none of the women want him and he the men would be willing but he doesn't want that with them and um it just it it, I, I think a little bit like he had more friendships and closer relationships than he was able to process because of like this gulf of like not getting this other thing. Um, but also he has to work really hard to relate to them. And like, he tries to put himself in their shoes of like, well, how would I feel if like my commander was like that he uses the term sexually sexual pervert, which I, I did not enjoy. Um, but you know, how would I feel if this is how my commander was? And also I had to learn a foreign language just to speak to him. And I'm like, um, this is an interesting exercise in empathy. It's also not a novel experience. Um, I appreciated his attempt at relating, but also like, I don't know that this was, that was also one of the moments that made me think that like the book is, saying things that the the main character has to slowly come to the realization of but like they were part of the point of the book if that makes sense um which is not an uncommon phenomenon like if authors had to be identical to their characters we'd get way more books that are just about people trying to write books uh but yeah so I, th- I think it was like, I like that it coins a specific term for this. Like, I don't know if it completely coined the term future shock. The way it's presented makes it sound like it, it did because it is it is a problem that you specifically have with light speed travel. Right. Um, and right. this kind of time dilation. Uh, I well, would- I mean that, but also cryogenesis. Yeah, yeah. That's an older trope, I think, too. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, there, it's definitely didn't invent the concept of this kind of future shock because the whole, like, 
you know, someone was frozen a thing and they wake up however many hundred years later and, oh, no, everything's different and they have to adjust. Like that, you know, that's that's a more common trope. But I think, um, but usually those stories don't, usually, those stories don't, like, keep jumping. In this, he has to keep jumping. And, like, it's not, it's not really his choice. Um, and there's all, there's all this stuff with, like, the manip- the military, like, manipulating the contracts where it's, like, Nikki, his contract was a 10-year, it was, like, it was either a 5-year or a 10-year thing. Oh, yeah. Subjective. Right. And they get him for, for over a thousand years. Oh, yeah. Um, they get to, like use him and they're doing this to however many thousands or hundreds of thousands or more um of soldiers across like this entire and spoiler warning pointless war (laughs) uh and like he he didn't pick it he didn't want like when he signed up he he wasn't he was signing up to go to a base that was in this solar system right and then by the end like like it's but but with how he signed up when the first time he comes back his mom is still alive right but then after that very old yes yeah she's pretty old um but then by by the end, like there after that chapter where he sees her, like there isn't another word about like wondering if anybody's alive on Earth because they're not. They're not. Right. The, the instant his ship left the second time, he what he had lost any enduring reasons to, to go back because there, there wouldn't be anybody to go back for. Um. You know, didn't left kids behind. This isn't one of the like immortal watches their descendants flourish. No, this is like the kind of the opposite of that kind of story, right? Um, I also kind of had an idle thought of because they refer to that the the contraceptive method in the military in the book is for the men vasectomy and then uh, or well sperm bank and then vasectomy. And I just the logistics of like, did they even bother to keep track of that a thousand years later? Like, oh, yeah. Is it still physically possible to be viable a thousand years later? Yeah, because they're like, there's a bit where someone's like, oh, no, the military is planning in terms of centuries. And like, are you planning in terms of centuries for like the the well being of the people giving their lives for you, or are you just planning in terms of centuries for like the murder? Oh, definitely just that, the murder. that second one. Yeah, just the murder. Okay, got it. All right, so you'll do like logistically all these like jump gates and stuff, and they they kept referring to like how you know. Maybe sometimes our tech will be better than the enemy's tech. Maybe sometimes they'll be from our future and the tech's worse. And I'm thinking it's you it's pretty much always going to be worse. Like, yeah. Just most of the time, like the odds are against it being better for any one individual ship. You're probably going to come out on the worst side because even if you exit as top of the line, best whatever, if you travel to go fight them, the fact that you traveled by the time you meet means that you're probably going to be worse off. At best, it's an even match. I just I was idly thinking about that. Um, but yeah, turn planning the military planning in terms of centuries of like here's how to continue this war, but not really planning in terms of centuries in terms of like the people serving. It did feel like the most planning that they did was making sure people could still speak to him. Right. But that's still logistical for them because that just allows them to mesh older and younger recruits in the same. Right. Right. Like that has nothing to do with their well-being. Oh, sure. Sure. It just shapes which, which version of English is picked. 
not that we had to pick a version of a language to use for this. Yeah, those are those are my thoughts on the future shock. I really liked it as a trope. It I think of the things the future shock part works well. As we said earlier, uh the future shock because everyone's gay was like definitely a little rockier. I ultimately think it works. You didn't yeah, you know, we talk about that more in our first topic, but um, the idea of everyone being unrelatable simply because of the passage of time. Um, I think overall that that definitely worked. It's time to thank our awesome patrons who've pledged high enough to receive monthly shout outs. That means this month our thanks go to Case Aiken. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you would like to join Case in keeping the show going, you can check us out on patreon.com slash books that burn. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. On to the wrap-up and ratings. For the gratuity rating for compulsory homosexuality, Hmm. what's your thought? Uh, It's not ridiculously gratuitous. We don't see what is physically happening to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Say moderate? Yeah. Okay. I think it would be mild if it wasn't directly parodying, mirroring certain things in our real world and certain fears people have that they try to push on other people. Yeah. It, it's the kind of situation where, like, even though what's technically happening is heterophobia... I've content warned it as homophobia yeah. for, I feel, very good reasons. Um, yeah. Uh, for suicidal thoughts, I would think mild it is a couple of sentences. I think it's moderate. Okay. I think it's moderate because it is visually... It's not a mention of the thing that could have happened. It's instead an actual description of a scene. Okay. All right. I'll accept it. All it's right. <laughs> uh, future shock. Uh, I'm also going to add like, off screen to our um, compulsive uh, heterosexuality. Oh, yes. Uh, compulsory homosexuality. But yes, yes. Off well, screen. yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> compulsive yeah, yeah. sexuality. Uh, I don't even want to put a, an actual label. I want to just say compulsive sexuality. Okay. All right. For the future shock, like that's, I think, severe. I think that's ex- mm, severe. Or do you think moderate? I think it's severe. Okay. Yeah, that was my first thought. I think it's severe, and I think that the uh, implications of it and the things that he ha- goes through because of it all add to it being severe. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. For the trauma, integral, interchangeable, or irrelevant. Uh, okay. I, as much as I think it ultimately does work, I think the compulsory sexuality is, I think it is interchangeable because I think that the point of when what it represents is government control and loss of bodily autonomy Right, but him being put into the war itself and the way he's treated already tells us that story. (laughs) Yeah. I actually think it's irrelevant. Okay. Okay. I don't think it actually actually does anything meaningful to the story. Okay. And I, I think that the characters... I mean, maybe this makes it interchangeable, but I think the characters could have had literally any reason... Okay, he's already estranged from the people he cares about because of the 
the way he's being treated in com- like because of the the future differential like this doesn't add anything it's just an extra okay. ah sad <laughs> at the end like it doesn't mm-hmm. actually do anything for him i would rather go with interchangeable because i think like it's a very extreme reason to make it be that there's literally only one person he can connect to but it is a reason that gradually means there's literally only one person he can connect to but he already has that reason is what i'm saying like there's okay i don't i don't think i think it's redundant at best i'm okay putting down interchangeable but i think it is redundant at best and irrelevant at at worst okay no i that that yeah that makes sense like it's certainly world building but that doesn't yeah. mean anything for the plot, which is the, my thing about it. Like, it doesn't actually do anything to the plot, which is fine. Like, we have a lot of things, even traumas that we like, like arguably, that are like that. But yeah, I, I don't think I don't think even swapping it out for anything would help the plot. I think we could just get rid of it, and nothing really changes, and it's fine. Okay, so you know, you've convinced me that it could be irrelevant, so we can we can go with that. Um, suicidal thoughts. Uh. Uh, also irrelevant. Nothing happens. Yeah. It doesn't even impact him later. Yeah. Doesn't think back on it, not in a way that makes it into the text. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. Uh, future shock. Like, integral. To, I think it's, it's integral. It It, it is the, the point and purpose of, like, the book is, yeah. Yeah. It's integral. Okay, was the trauma treated with care? For the compulsory sexuality, I'm going to say, like, no. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, just, just, no. Um, like, situationally flipping harmful language used in the real world and other circumstances with very little additional changes. Like, that, that's not, yeah. that isn't care. No, it's it's not care, and also, like, Again, as much with as it I being think, as much as- off-screen moderate and also irrelevant, like mm-hmm. it's just trauma triggering or keyword triggering for no purpose, arguably. Yeah. I'm not saying the author didn't have a reason or a purpose, but I'm saying from a from a my personal reader perspective, it just felt like a thing that was there so that you would have an emotional reaction and that's it. And that's with the language mirroring, that's kind of not cool, actually, maybe. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, was the, the suicidal thoughts? I I think... I feel like that was I treated with... Either not enough or enough. Or at least... Okay. I can go with enough. Okay. Because it was the minimum needed to convey this thing right just treating it with care would have been him us not actually seeing him in the moment i think yeah um i think barring that it was treated with as much care as the author could have in the moment which i think is enough yeah all right uh future shock like uh either no or not enough maybe (laughs) <laughs> I think no, because okay. it's it's kind of this, like, over-the-top extreme sci-fi version that is emotionally trying to get at a real phenomenon, but, right. like, because it's going so far into, like, the sci-fi version of it, to the degree that it succeeds in paralleling the real phenomenon, there is no care. Right, um, right. Like... Not that I think any of our audience like has uh gone through this kind of light speed issue. But you never know. Yeah. You never know. Comas that's true. Exist. We could have a <laughs> we could have I was gonna say, yeah. Well, I say that's why I say not this light speed issue, but yeah, there are there are other there things are that can ways do this for, for sure. some Yep, there yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um Okay. But yeah, no care. All right, how clear is the moral directionality? I think um, it's pretty clear, actually. It's extremely clear. I think that we know exactly who we are supposed to think is right the entire time on every one of these topics and more. I think we are given an incredibly clear, like, these things are harmful and we should disagree, even if our protagonist has no way of, like, stopping or halting or altering them in any way. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely agree. And I want to just we I think we say this every time. I want to just reiterate our clear muddy tangled uh rating has nothing to do with like it being well done or not. There are books that are being a good choice, I should say, or not. Like there are books that are incredibly tangled or muddy that are that way on purpose. There are books that are very clear that are also that way on purpose. Like this is not a positive or negative. It's just a how well can you tell what, who you are supposed to take a side with? Yeah, and in this case, you're. It's incredibly like, clear. Yeah, yeah. Even even before the ending, it was very I, clear. I think also in a in a weird way, as short as it is, the length actually helps to make that clear cut because every scene, every scene reinforces the other scenes, which is not always true of very short books it's very it's very it's very 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 easy and possible to you know have something too short and not actually communicate your message but like i think this author does an incredibly good job of communicating their message all right the point of view for the trauma and aftermath it's the main guy the whole time yeah um yeah it it's him it's uh man uh, Mandela um, keep wanting to use one of his titles but like he has like a different title in every section and even he has trouble keeping track of what his title is uh, uh, I have a cause, like keeps changing I have a thought but <laughs> um, uh huh is it Mandela or Mandela uh, okay it is a misspelling of the what I would have thought is pronounced Mandela. Um, like they say in the book exactly what he was named for and exactly what is it, what it is a misspelling of. Oh, they did. Okay. I I missed that part reading it then, or it wasn't in the graphic novel version. One of the two. Um, yeah. Cause we don't really get like personal information as much. Yeah. There's a bit where someone asked, um, it's a, it's a misspelling of what, what I would have called a mandala, the version with one L. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, or M-A-N-D-A-L-A. It is a misspelling of that thing. So. Okay. Because um, his parents wanted to name him after this religious symbol from not their religion because they were hippies uh <laughs> and then they didn't know how to spell the word and the magistrate wrote it down the way it sounded to him is what oh, the text okay. says uh all right for the trope spotter all right so this one is as part of the general like um uh, the structure of the military in this book just doesn't Things keep going weird. The trope <laughs> is compound interest time travel gambit, where like oh all their pay is supposed to like multiply and like they'll have, you know, don't worry about your pay. Like you traveling really, really far into the future is actually going to be great for your bank account. Um, Both times where they get to like actually or where he gets to actually be somewhere and use money in in one of them he has just like way too much well uh, on earth when he goes to earth there hasn't been time for it to compound later he goes somewhere and he has like so much money but like he doesn't want to do anything with it so he just kind of like just gets a couple of things and kind of just is around and doesn't have to worry about money and then like at the end uh they don't use money anymore because <laughs> um, it has been over a thousand years. Uh, so this is like subverted compound interest time travel gambit. Um, and I I feel like at some point they don't use money anymore, like technically a spoiler, but like right. the most minor of minor spoilers. And that's also a very uh, common sci-fi trope. Yes, yes. But like the the... When his money is or is not relevant, like it has the end result of like he did all this and they didn't even pay him. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Like he went through all of that 
Like, he was clearly not doing it for the money. Uh, it doesn't seem like. Um, but anyway, uh, that's my trope, the trope spotter. All right. What was your favorite non-traumatic thing about the book? Uh, <laughs> um, are there non-traumatic things? I don't know. I don't know. We have enough material for that. Also, uh, my favorite thing about the book, <laughs> um, was the thing that was traumatizing to him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just the the time hopping and not yeah. having to and just I mean granted he's in the military and conscripted and he doesn't have free whim but literally just free will but literally just the like ah we're jumping ahead okay like leaving everything behind goodbye yeah uh, he doesn't like it <laughs> oh no he does not like it okay so well, it's really hard because, like, my favorite non-traumatic thing about the book is, like, the space cat. But right. all I will say is it doesn't stay non-traumatic. So, like, I really liked that there's a cat. There was a cat. Um, yay. Uh, okay. Uh, did we, so, <laughs> we said all the things. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this doesn't really have... Because even things that I wouldn't think of as traumatic, he is thinking of as traumatic. Right. And vice versa. So, um, and it's just, it's, it's that kind of book. And we try to find a bright spot, but it isn't written for that. Um, Heaven Planet was kind of cool. Um, hmm. <laughs> I like that it has kind of a, a persistent presence in the book. Um. We don't actually see him go to it more than once, but like it comes back around as a place that people are existing in and going to. Right. I like the cat. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us for our discussion of The Forever War by Joe Haldeman. We will catch you in a fortnight. All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. Our transcriptionist is Heather. Follow her on Twitter at MamaDragon20. We're proud members of the Certain Point of View Network. Find all the CPOV shows at www.certainpov.com. You can contact us on Twitter at Books That Burn or by email at booksthatburn at yahoo.com. Please consider leaving us a tip at ko-fi.com slash books that burn or becoming a monthly supporter on patreon.com slash books that burn all patrons get access to our upcoming book list bonus content including the second half of all interviews and will receive a one-time shout out to get updates on our written reviews recent episodes and newly completed transcripts subscribe to our fortnightly newsletter at buttondown.email slash books that burn you can find us on apple Podcasts, pandora spotify or wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a review wherever you're listening this helps people to find the show thanks for listening we'll be back in two weeks